Welcome to Meet My Brain, a field guide to Asperger's. I'm your host, the Autistic Woman. This podcast is about my personal experiences and doesn't apply to all autistics. If you believe I have to be perfect to be lovable, or even I have to act neurotypical to be lovable, then you set yourself up for rejection of yourself and of others. This episode is about perfection and rejection, not only on a personal level, but also as a metaphor for expectations of autistics by neurotypicals. I learned at a young age, as most of us do, that there were standards of behavior, of course. I also learned that there are standards of performance. Those two are so closely related that they're sometimes considered the same, performance and behavior. Like on a report card where there's a grade for your performance on a test, there's also a behavior section that will say satisfactory or unsatisfactory, according to whose requirements. I went to Catholic school through the fourth grade. And in that experience, there was a day when one of the students was standing up. He had his wooden ruler and in the center where there's a hole, he had put his pencil through there and was twirling it around. The principal came up from behind him as she entered the classroom, walked up to him, took the ruler and smacked it across his face, breaking his nose. She grabbed him by the ear and dragged him out of the classroom. It didn't seem like he'd done anything that bad. But that was a way to learn what behavior was expected. We fear rejection because everything seems to have consequences. Punishment, bad grades, loss of opportunities, loss of friends. We fear rejection because perfection isn't always clear. With autism, it can be muddier in part because it is often illogical. All of the ways rejection is possible, it affects self-esteem. So we take these self-esteem destroyers with us throughout our lives as we seek the perfection that is expected of us. Are we imperfect neurotypicals to some? This episode's focus is primarily on how this dynamic influences our relationships. So here's an example of that dynamic. A child, let's call him Joe, learns in his household that when things go right, his parents are very happy with him. He struggles to please them, always trying to be perfect. He wants to be normal. Joe doesn't always know what's expected of him. He finds out when he does something wrong. In essence, when he does something they don't approve of. Joe's parents' values are that being good, always doing the right thing, never making mistakes, is what a valuable and loving person does. Joe learns not to accept less than perfection from himself or from anyone else. Now, this belief isn't always lived by his parents, but it is used to judge others. As Joe grows up and starts working, starts dating, choosing his own place to live and making friends, he'll apply the values he's learned. In a small example, you'd see something like this. Joe hires someone to trim the trees at his house. He meets with a landscaper to discuss the work and they agree on a price. 
Joe wants these trees trimmed a certain way. Yet rather than tell the man, he assumes that a good landscaper knows how to do it. Joe's way. Because, of course, Joe knows the right or the perfect way. When the work is finished, Joe sees that too many branches were trimmed from one of the trees, leaving a big hole. Another tree looks lopsided, and still another wasn't trimmed enough. Joe doesn't say anything about it to the worker. Joe decides that the landscaper knew what he wanted, but didn't perform. He hired the wrong person. Joe feels cheated and decides he'll never hire that landscaper again. Every time he thinks of it, he feels angry. The next time Joe needs to have the trees trimmed, the pattern repeats itself, and Joe is never satisfied. Now, applying this to a romantic partner means the stakes are even higher. So Joe meets someone, and they date for about a year, and they're very happy. Then something happens. Joe's partner gets a small dent in the driver's side of the car. Now Joe is confused. The person he thought was so perfect has done something that's causing him a lot of stress, even when he has a feeling inside that it really shouldn't, that it was something relatively minor. Joe loves his partner deeply and wants to let it go, but he isn't confident about his choice because of the values he's learned. Joe decides he'll call one of his parents for advice. Now, most likely, he'll be told that his partner doesn't care about property, is irresponsible, and can't be trusted. You shouldn't stay with a person like that, the parent will say. Who knows what will happen next? Once someone is irresponsible, they always will be. Don't let your partner ruin your life. It's a good thing you found this out now before it's too late. At times, it might have been subtle, but Joe learned that a person who isn't perfect or who makes a mistake must be rejected. The mistake is always catastrophized. And of course, a perfect person would have known better than to choose this kind of partner. Now that his parent has told Joe what is the right thing to do, if Joe ignores that advice and something else happens that makes Joe unhappy with his partner, which of course it will, He'll hear from his parents, we told you, you knew, what did you expect? He'll still get their disapproval. This causes a lot of emotional turmoil, hurt, confusion. If Joe leaves his partner, he's rejecting the imperfect person he loves. If Joe stays, he's rejecting his parents' values, and therefore, he's rejecting himself. Seeking for or requiring perfection is a setup for failure. It happens not just in the home, but also in school and church with peers and on the job. It's a guarantee of unhappiness or even detachment from feelings. It seriously damages self-esteem. It means that others have a right to and should reject us or dislike us because we are unworthy. It feels like people are never satisfied with who we are. Rejecting someone keeps you from taking the risk of loving that person. Is loving us that risky? When we don't meet our own or others' expectations of who we should be, are we unlovable? 
No wonder autistics mask. In Joe's family, acceptance requires perfection. In the neurotypical world, acceptance requires acting neurotypical. There was a saying years ago that is still relevant today. Women have to work twice as hard as a man to be considered half as good. Whether you agree with that or not, it demonstrates how we're sometimes seen by those who are intolerant. In my opinion, absolutely autistics have to work twice as hard to be seen as half as good. Most of my life, I chased perfection, believing it was a real thing that could be obtained. If I just worked harder, was a better mother, wife, friend, employee, I felt so frustrated that I was doing amazing things, but they never seemed to be good enough. I think one of the reasons I was interested in becoming a lawyer is that there are what I thought at the time clearly defined rules. All I had to do was follow them. After I'd been a lawyer for about 10 years, I got a speeding ticket. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about how the cop was wrong, because that would just be me convincing myself I don't make mistakes. So I get pulled over, and the officer gives me the license and registration greeting. He walks away, and I start crying uncontrollably. Maybe that was a meltdown. Anyway, I can't even look at this officer as he hands me the ticket because I don't want him to see me like that. I was so mad at myself for days. I was really down. I was thinking my reaction was a bit much. After all, this is just a speeding ticket. So I had to analyze. And after a lot of analysis, I realized that I was so upset because I'd had a perfect driving record. And now look, I'm not perfect. Oh my God, how could I handle this fact? There goes my perfect record. No, it might even sound ridiculous to you. For me, it was like a flashing sign that my focus had been on being perfect and I'm not. But how does a person make peace with their lack of perfection when others expect us to be? We're supposed to get the perfect job, find the perfect partner, and live in a perfect house. I once lived in a neighborhood where a woman would take a walk pushing a stroller every evening. Her hair always looked the same without a single strand out of place. We didn't know her name, so to ourselves we called her the lady with the perfect hair. My attitude about perfection is changing. Still, I am hard on myself when things aren't going well. At those times, I feel rejected by everyone and everything. Yet I don't even know what perfect looks like. The times when I have to act neurotypical, for example, in order to keep my job, I'm actually rejecting my autistic self. But we live in a world that requires that of us at a cost to our self-esteem. Expecting perfection leads to rejection of ourselves and of others. Let's turn it around. Let's reject perfection. Rejecting perfection doesn't mean overlooking traits and actions and characteristics in ourselves and others, because we can learn something from examining those things. We can make better decisions. We're more open-minded. We set the bar and we adjust it when we need or want to. 
Just avoid setting it at the highest level possible, the one that no one can attain. In an ideal world, we wouldn't have to let someone else set the bar for us. Maybe Joe's parents have internalized the idea of perfection and find themselves lacking. They may blame the unhappiness they sometimes feel on the imperfections in themselves and others and in the world. They might have had painful experiences they want to protect Joe from, but unfortunately, it can give him the message that he isn't good enough to handle life's disappointments and that to avoid these, he just follows their blueprint. It can be a reason to distance themselves from anything that could ever disappoint them. Joe will leave his partner and the ones who come later. He'll find happiness when he rejects his parents' idea of perfection. When we find out we're autistic, at least some of us, it's a relief. I remember the first words I said, and then I now have heard that other people say, Yay, there's nothing wrong with me. Meaning, the world got it wrong. At first, I wanted to shout, I'm autistic, as if people would accept me, knowing there was an explanation for how I am, and it has nothing to do with my imperfections. How naive. Autism is an automatic, by default, imperfection in a neurotypical world. It's a justification for rejection of who we are. That's why there are some who want to save us from our imperfections with harmful therapies. Rejection is real. Perfection is an illusion. It's a lie. We will never be perfect. Who is? Autistics will never be neurotypical. And that's okay. I wouldn't have it any other way. I now have a Patreon where you can support this podcast. It's at patreon.com slash the autistic woman. I love hearing from you and appreciate your comments and messages. You can contact me at an autistic woman on Twitter or hello at the autistic Listen to some other episodes while you're here. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Support the podcast on Patreon. I'm the Autistic Woman. 